WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I going to do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. Oh, what has happened so far? Well, it's the same thing we do every day, people. We have been yelling about Jim Beheim. And we're going to do it tomorrow. We will not be doing it Thursday. Well, the other shows will. I don't have a show Thursday. I'm just going to do it by myself. I'm going to go sit in the corner and yell about Jim Beheim on Thursday. And then I'll do it again Friday. You know, it's just what we do. It's how we it's how we fill our days here. Game tonight. Houston, Georgia Tech, 7 o'clock. Pre-game 6. X right here. Post-game me, Devo, 9-ish. We'll break it all down. It may be broken down if they lose tonight. I don't know. We'll figure that all out later. With that, there was some Bills news. Uh, this morning. I was not expecting Bill's news today. Didn't occur to me there might be Bill's news today. It always occurs to our uh, next guest that there might be uh, Bill's news as Dan Fates from uh, Wham in Rochester uh, joins us. Dan's actually at the Combine in Indy. Uh, Dan, uh, what would your 40 time be if you if you were taking off for St. For Elmo's right now to get some of that shrimp? I, I bet you could do a 4-5 if there was a shrimp cocktail at the end of it. Yeah, probably, but I think I'm, I'm much more in the reality of the um Seven flat, uh, you know, I think it might be easier to, to time me with a sundial at, at this point of my uh, of my athletic career. But I will be at St. Elmo's tonight. Love we it. have a 9 o'clock reservation. We're going to try and sneak out to the Butler basketball game as well tonight. So uh, fun stuff there. As, uh, I love the combine. All right, yeah. Uh, they, I have done the St. Elmo's shrimp once in life. It is, uh, it's a different kind of burn, but it, it was delicious. So. Yes. Uh, the yeah, horseradish. Yeah, I don't know how to. For th- here's my best way I can explain this shrimp cocktail burn. Like usually, you think of like a very hot wing or something. Like the burn goes down. The Saint Elmo's it burn, up. it goes up. It goes like yeah, up and flames out your nostrils, and you're like, yeah, I should have yeah. got twenty more of these. Yeah, it's like you're eating a clove of garlic, kind of like that burn. Yeah. And, it, and usually you'd say, well, this is a terrible idea. When you're there, no, it's a great idea. So I'm, It's I, a great idea. I applaud your 9 o'clock. Re- I imagine a St. Elmo's reservation during NFL Combine Week. Like, how, how many weeks ago did you have to nail this thing down? You, you must have had to plan uh, way in advance. Yeah, yeah, two or three weeks ago, and we moved it up. Originally, the first one we got was 9.45. Oh. So luckily, we, we got it pushed up a little bit. But, yeah, it, I mean, you can talk about it. It's a who's who. Um, when I was there last year, um, Drew Rosenhaus walked in after me. Um, and it's the entire NFL network crew. Everybody's here. And like I said, it, that, that's the one thing that blows my mind about being here in Indy is that it is the entire NFL world meets at a convention center in the middle of the country for one week as the center of the sports universe. 
Yeah, and not not to get too much into you know the layout of Indianapolis, which I'm sure will thrill everybody there. But I was there for the women's final four the one year that uh, Syracuse made it, and you know Indy's a very large city, but at the same time it's like walkable. There's eight bajillion hotels right next to each other. It's uh, it is the perfect place for for stuff like that. So uh, you're yeah. there. I, I was minding my own business this morning, you know, glancing at the Twitter as one does, and I see your tweet go past Dan about uh, Le- mm-hmm. Leslie Frazier is taking a year off, and I said what? So uh, yeah. th- there's my question. What? What? What's going on with uh, the Bills now suddenly kind of late in the game here needing a defensive coordinator? Yeah, we all thought it was kind of the um, uh, run-of-the-mill slow Tuesday, and we get the report that the team is making coaching changes. And we kind of think, okay, maybe it's a, you know, another, you're adding a defensive backs coach, something like that. But then we read the, the, the release from the team that says that Leslie Frazier is stepping down but plans to return to coaching in 2024. But with the rest of that um, – the, the the statement was kind of open-ended. We had no idea what that meant. And as we got to talk to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott today, about a week ago, they say that Leslie Frazier approached them and said that, you know, he wanted to take a break. He was adamant that he was not retiring, but that he wanted to take a step back and, and, and take a, you know, kind of a, a, a sabbatical this year to say. And so where does that leave the Bills this season needing now a defensive coordinator. Well, the team isn't, doesn't seem like they're in any rush to fill that role. We all know that Sean McDermott was, became a head coach because of his defensive qualities and his, you know, the fact that he called plays for the Philadelphia Eagles as well as the Carolina Panthers. That's what earned him the job as a head coach. So right now it looks like he's going to kind of take the wheel for right now. Brandon Bean was, you know, he pretty much left the decision up to Sean McDermott, which makes sense. It's the coaching staff and, and who wants to make that call is going to come down to Sean McDermott. They do have other guys on the staff. Al Holcomb is another guy who's been a defensive coordinator that has worked with Sean McDermott uh, when they were in Carolina. He's another possibility. They didn't rule out the possibility of going out and hiring somebody. Um, there are some candidates, they said, that are still out there. But they're kind of taking it day by day. Um, as of right now, if you had, to put my, you, know, you had to put a gun to my head and say, what do, you, what do I think is going to happen? I think Sean McDermott's going to kind of take over most of this of, of the play calling duties at least for right now. Yeah, I'd say if they were going to lose their OC or their DC today, it's got to be less complicated for the Bills, right, to lose their defensive coordinator than uh, otherwise at the moment. Yeah, and that's what Sean was saying was that he feels he feels way more comfortable having it be on the defensive side, uh, uh, having it be on the defensive side compared to the offensive side. You know, that would be much more of a scramble drill, but Brandon Bean was very confident um, saying, you know, Sean was much more reserved saying, we'll see, and we'll, we'll take it day by day kind of thing. But Brandon was saying that if Sean wants it, he's like, I have all the confidence. He goes, I've seen how great of a defensive coordinator he is. I've seen him go up against Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I've seen him go up against offensive gurus and, you know, and, and win. So he's, he's confident there. I, I think this is a wait and see, and I don't think this is anything to panic about. My one point I will add, Brian, is that, Say what you want about Leslie Frazier and the way things ended in Cincinnati, and you can talk about some of those things. He has been in charge of one of the best defenses in all of football over the last six years, and mm-hmm. that's not really – you can't really argue that. So whether, you, whether you're upset about the way that they played with Cincinnati, and guess what? They didn't have Von Miller at the end of the year. Trey White was recovering from ACL surgery. Like He had, kind of had his hands tied behind his back. Tons of injuries on that defensive side of the football – and all said and done, one thing I will also add is that Leslie Frazier is maybe one of the nicest human beings I've ever come in contact with. You can't ask him a bad question because every time you ask him something, even when it is a bad question, he pauses and gives you that smile and says, you know what, that's a good point. That's a good question when it's not. And so he's, he's yeah. a great guy. And, and I'll say this, where he returns in 
2024, if he wants to, they'll be lucky to have him because he is, you know, the NFL is better when Leslie Frazier is coaching in it. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's 63 years old. I mean, he's been doing this a long time. Yeah. A, a long time, and it's a you know he's had a very successful career. You know, had a a cup of coffee there a few years as the Vikings head coach. That didn't quite yeah. work out, but you know wherever he's been, defense has been uh, pretty good. Uh, Dan Fates, Wham, and Rochester is our guest. Uh, just uh, thumbnail sketch me. What, what's the Bills off season like right now? Obviously, didn't reach the heights they hoped to this season. You know, wh- where are, where are things standing at? Just you know, overall institutionally right now. Well, I think it's a little bit of damage control, just because of how abrupt and how ugly the end of the season was i mean like I said you can lose games and we can say 13 seconds or you can you know say in overtime all these things um this was a beat down by cincinnati and yeah. they're starting to get a little bit more clarity but I, I still believe that you know look i think the fan base for the first time in three or four years is not as optimistic coming out of the season as they were going into it obviously last year they were super bowl favorites heading into the year this year they're probably not going to be um I think they're also trying to manage some expectations with some guys that just really haven't performed well this year. We saw Spencer Brown, the Bills offensive line. Josh was running for his life a lot. It wasn't pretty. Or you look at a guy like Gabe Davis, the guy who had one of the best playoff games in NFL history and then kind of underachieved. And, and, and they're kind of standing up for those guys and saying, hey, look, it's one year. Even Ken Dorsey. Now, hey, it's his first year. Sean McDermott, Mike Catalan, and I had a one-on-one with, with Sean after he spoke at the podium. And, and he said, look, we did a lot of good things, but you're an early offensive coordinator, and he kind of gave a baseball analogy, saying, you're a new guy, you can, nobody can hit your fastball for the first nine weeks. And then he goes, those other teams, they get paid to make adjustments too, and they made adjustments to, to our offense. And, and so there were good things that, that have to be done, and, that, and that's what we've heard a lot about from Bean and McDermott. Hey, guys, we won 13 games this year. There's no need to panic. We weren't a bad team just because we lost the end of the game. Unfortunately, the fan base doesn't want to hear that, Brian, because that's just not what it, where, where they're at. But I, I think it's, a, it's somewhere in between blow the whole thing up, this isn't going to work, and we're going to the Super Bowl for sure. And yeah, which leads to the off season now, and you know, obviously decisions need to be made on some free agents. I, I don't know if Jordan Poyer would be the lead yeah. one, but that's a, a name uh, you see out there. Then obviously, what to what to do in the draft? I, I keep seeing a lot of people want want to make the Bills and Bijan Robinson be happy couple uh, <laughs> go, going forward. Uh, take that in either order you want, Dan. What what, what do you think? What, what's the main goal of the roster here in the off season for as far as what what they need to attack? Well, I know I've told you this before, and it's my favorite thing to say, and I truly believe it with all of my heart that the NFL salary cap isn't real. It, it, it's make-believe. No. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's pretend. So if the Bills wanted to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer, they could do it. They would just have to figure out ways around the salary cap. They can be manipulated. Now, they will tell us that they're over the salary cap and they're going to have to restructure contracts and that they're not going to be big spenders in free agency. They also told us that same thing last year, and then they found $120 million in Von Miller. So I'm not counting the bills out from making some kind of move, whether that's a trade to acquire somebody, um, whether that's maybe it's moving on from Ed Oliver, maybe that's you know to, to clear some cap space, maybe that's I, I don't know trading somebody else that, that you think – hasn't reached up their potential or adding somebody. Um, a guy that I really like is in Las Vegas, Hunter Renfro. Um, the, we learned how important the slot wide receiver position is for the Bills offense and Josh Allen, and they really missed that last year. Um, Isaiah McKenzie didn't fill that role. Cole Beasley was not in the shape and caliber to do that role at his age and coming off, you know, sitting on the couch for a year. So I, I think that's part of it. it 
the Bills need to add more talent around Josh Allen. And, and I look at the point of you have a Ferrari at quarterback and you don't want to put in crappy gas and you don't want to not change the oil in the car and you don't want to not take it to the car wash. You got to treat this thing like your investment of a franchise. And so whether that's adding another, you know, the Bills talked about, it doesn't need to be a wide receiver. They still believe in Gabe Davis being the number two wide receiver here, but maybe that's a tight end. Brandon Bean said there's depth at running back. I know that we want to put Bijan Robbins in there, but it's going to be somebody that can add some type of explosive element to this offense because for a long time, this offense, Brian, was kind of spread out. You know, Diggs got his, Emmanuel Sanders got his, Cole Beasley had his. The Bills' identity this year was pretty much force the ball to Stephon Diggs, and if it didn't work, the Bills lost. Like, they didn't really have an identity. And so they need to find that, and whether that's balance offensively, whether that's, I don't know, pre-stamp motion, doing something, RPOs, figuring out what they do well, and then adding more players around Josh Allen. Yeah, speaking of uh, oil change for the the car, how, how is uh, how is Josh Allen's elbow, that, you know, the most examined elbow in all of Western New York right now? Yeah, it seems like it's doing pretty good. Um, they said, uh, Bean said he talked to him once or twice in between his rounds of golf and says that he's, you know, kind of getting away a little bit. And, and he thinks that, that that's helpful. Sean McDermott also added that he's always been that fiery competitor. But now that he's more you know, mature and getting, you know, not a rookie anymore or anything like that, it's, it's a different way to compartmentalize the losses and, and, and how to retool your focus and that, that, that drive to win. Uh, Brandon Bean also added today that they knew that uh, that Josh Allen was going to be a great quarterback because of the DNA that he had when they when they saw him at the combine and when they brought him to work out. He said that he had the um, I give a bleep factor mm. that he that that was something that they knew beyond his intangibles beyond that his physical skills that this guy's going to do whatever it takes to win. So again. I understand the Bills aren't going to be Super Bowl favorites heading into the season. That's fine. I know they have answers that they need to address, especially on the offensive line, especially on the defensive line. I know the safety is, is going to be a concern. They still have 17. And when you have 17, you got a fighter's chance at making a deep run in the playoffs. The Bills were ravaged with injuries last year. We were just kind of thinking about all the, the, the safeties that they had and, and, and all the injuries, Jordan Phillips, and just all. All, all trusting Von Miller, all these things. It was a crazy year last year, and they still won 13 games. And Josh Allen is still really good, and he's 26 years old. And while it sucks the way that the season ended, the Bills will be back competing for an AFC championship probably, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, sitting here today, there's no good reason to think they're still not one of the three best teams in the AFC or, you know, the three best teams in the league with them, Kansas City and Cincinnati, tossing the Eagles maybe if you want want four. Like, those are legit teams with legit futures all. Um, Yeah, we'll see. I don't know how they measure the I give a bleep factor at the the combine. I don't know if it's quite as concrete as the 40, but, you know, they got all those meetings and the interviews. Like, they do that stuff for a reason. Like, that actually means something. Uh, Last thing for you, Dan, obviously DeMar Hamlin uh, was uh, the newsiest item of the entire NFL season. He's on on the world tour right now. He's in the Dome for a game a couple weeks ago. He's at Pitt the other day. He's at the NFL Honors. He's at at the Super Bowl. It it looks great. Um, it, yeah. it sounds like he hasn't ruled out actually coming back to play again if he gets the okay from the doctors. What what are we to make of yeah. all this around DeMar right now? Yeah, Brian, I have a cup of coffee wager with my mother-in-law that, that DeMar Hamlin's going to play football again. I, I That just it seems to be the way that, yeah. that, that I feel. Um, <laughs> it's funny you said he's on the world tour. That's exactly what Brandon Bean called it and then said that he's now America's guest 
and he was at a Sixers game, and he, he pretty much is, like you said, doing, doing the tour. And he still has some more uh, meetings uh, and doctor's visits that he does have to have with some more specialists. He says as he has been traveling around, the Bills training staff has been going with him to go to all these meetings just to make sure he checks all these boxes that he could get back out onto the field. So all those things are a part of it. Where he fits in in Buffalo will be a question. Do they want to wait? Because there probably is going to be an immediate need with, with filling Jordan Poyer's spot. Um, so so some, all that's going to play into factor. I think he plays again. Um, and and I, I don't know where that is, though. Um, so that, that, that's a tough question to ask. He, he has been one of the most talked about players, obviously, over the last, by the most talked about player over the last two months. Um, and to see him dancing with Miles Sanders, who was like his childhood friend at the Super Bowl, I go, if you would have told me when I left Cincinnati in early January that DeMar Hamlin would be dancing at the Super Bowl with his friend, I, I would have thought you were crazy. So I am not ruling out DeMar Hamlin coming back and playing football for the Bills or playing football anywhere, for that matter. No, if I told you that back then, that's when you would have been absolutely certain you didn't get enough sleep that week. And that is correct. <laughs> then the world Which has, was also true. Also very true. And, uh, my good, I mean, it's been miraculous. Nothing short of that. And, you know, that's why they had all the doctors and all that stuff. It was cool to see our guy Denny Kellington right there in the in the mix when all yeah. that stuff was going on at the Super Bowl. All right, Dan, uh, good stuff. Always good to chat. I'm sure we'll uh, catch up again when we get into free agency and closer to the draft and all uh, that good stuff. But uh, enjoy them shrimp tonight, and we'll talk soon. <laughs> We'll do. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right. Uh, I'm telling you, people, like, I, I get it. It's just a shrimp cocktail. It It is gosh darn delicious. I, I know it gets blown up. St. Elmo's Restaurant in Indianapolis. Like, wh- why? It's just a random steakhouse. It's just a steakhouse like any other. That's some good cocktail sauce, people. That's good stuff. With that, we'll take a break. Quick segment when we come back. We'll talk a little Georgia Tech with Randy Waters coming up at 3.30 on the show today. Get you ready for the ball game tonight. All that as we roll along here today on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.